In this bulletin, yes and no campaigns to voice to parliament launched officially as referendum date announced. Doubts surround Prime Minister Antonio Albanese's chance to meet with China's President Xi Jinping at the G20 summit in India. And the ALP president says the competition regulator should have acted sooner on Qantas. of volunteers took to the streets to kick off the first day of official campaigning for or against the indigenous voice to parliament. It comes as Prime Minister Antoni Albanese has, has announced the date for the referendum as October 14. Australians will be asked to decide whether to enshrine a permanent advisory body for indigenous voices. Director of the ES23 campaign, Dean Parkin, says excitement for the referendum is building. Well, obviously yesterday, uh, a very momentous day in this campaign for constitutional recognition through The Voice, seeing the Prime Minister announce the date, giving us that October 14 date, very much sets the nation on the pathway to the referendum. We've already been out there campaigning as the Yes campaign, and as you can see today, uh, going from Adelaide to Hornsby train station today, having further conversations with voters on the ground, a tremendous vibe out here. While campaigning in Tasmania, where polling suggests a no vote, Prime Minister Antonio Albanese said he's confident Tasmanians will vote yes. I'm very positive about how the vote will go in Tasmania and throughout the country. Uh, This is a very clear and simple proposition. Uh, This is a proposition to recognise First Nations people in our constitution and listen to them about matters that affect their lives so as to get better results. That is what this is about. It's an opportunity uh, to lift the whole nation up. And on the first day of official day of campaigning for or against an Indigenous voice to Parliament, opposition leader Peter Dutton was targeting the regions. Yesterday, Mr Dutton was in the central Queensland city of Rockhampton, encouraging voters to vote no in the upcoming referendum, which will be held on October 14. The opposition leader says those who don't know which way to go should just vote no. It's quite remarkable that the PM spending $450 million on this voice referendum when we know that uh, in the end it will split Australians right down the middle. Uh, The Prime Minister is embarking on a path which will divide our country, not unite it. And that is uh, deeply concerning. Uh, I want to make sure that uh, we have a respectful debate in this country. And you can find comprehensive information about the referendum visiting the SBS Voice Referendum portal at www.sbs.com.au slash voice referendum. Prime Minister Antonio Albanese may no longer have the chance to meet with China's President Xi Jinping. Following reports, the Chinese leader will skip the G20 summit in India. Mr Albanese had flagged talks would be possible with President Xi on the sidelines of the September 9 to September 10 meeting in New Delhi. It comes amid a recent revival of the relationship between the two nations. But according to diplomatic officials, the Chinese leader is likely to skip the summit and send Premier Li Qiang in his place. Mr Albanese told Parliament in August that it is in Australia's interest to have a stable bilateral relationship with China.
He also said Australia was open to dialogue with China. The Australian Labour Party president has criticised the competition regulator for what he said has been a slow response to concerns about Qantas. The Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, ACCC, is taking legal action against the airline, accusing it of selling tickets to thousands of flights after they had already been cancelled. The ACCC alleges Qantas broke consumer laws when it sold tickets to more than 8,000 flights between May and July last year without disclosing they had been cancelled. Wayne Swan has told Channel 9 the consumer watchdog should have stepped in earlier and the Qantas board should have better supervised the airline's operations. That's the job of the regulators. Uh, this is a, a private company uh, with a board that ought to be accountable for this behaviour. We've seen these things happen with other big corporates before where, where the board didn't adequately supervise the company and things went out of control. Millions of Australians living with ongoing health conditions can get cheaper medicines under the first stage of the federal government's 60 days dispensing policy. From today, September 1, consumers with chronic conditions will be able to get two months worth of medicine for the price of one. The Department of Health and Aged Care says problems with memory and concentration, also referred to as brain fog, are some of the most common symptoms of long COVID. This is true for Leanne Charland, who had always been a high performer at work until she suffered an adverse reaction to a COVID-19 booster in February last year and caught the virus a few months later. Immigration Minister Andrew Giles has announced the elimination of a special visa for international students trapped in Australia during the COVID-19 outbreak. The pandemic event visa, subclass 408, was introduced at the peak of the pandemic in 2020 to fill labour shortages and support international students who were unable to leave Australia. The visa will be closed to new applicants from the 2nd of September, that's tomorrow, and will be closed to all applicants from February 2024. The government has also discontinued other pandemic-era policies such as unlimited work hours for international students and work exemptions for working holiday visa holders. Overseas President Cyril Ramaphosa of South Africa has called an apartment block fire that killed more than 70 people in Johannesburg a wake-up call for his country. The fire took place in a five-story building occupied by homeless people. Emergency services say some of the people threw themselves out of windows to escape the blaze and more than 50 people were also injured. Mr. Ramaphosa says the criminal ga- that criminal gangs are exploiting vulnerable families by charging rents to occupy buildings deemed unfit to live in. The lesson for us is that we've got to address this problem and boot and everything else, boot out those criminal elements because it is these types of buildings that are taken over by criminals who then levy rents on them. Household fires are common in Johannesburg, partic- particularly in poorer areas. The city also suffers from chronic power shortages during which many resort to candles for light and wood fires for heat. 
European Union foreign policy chief Joseph Borrell has declared the EU has no plans to evacuate its citizens from Gabon following this week's coup. The military took control of the country, placing President Ali Bongo under house arrest while cancelling election results that had appointed Mr. Bongo for a third term. It's the eighth military coup in West and Central Africa since 2020. Mr. Borrell says the EU condemns the use of force to seize power and urges all parties to exercise restraint. In Gabon, at the moment, there is no provision to evacuate. The situation is calm. We don't see any risk of violence or a situation that could provoke danger. There are about 10,000 EU citizens in Gabon, but no country has expressed concern over their situation. So, no plan for evacuation in Gabon. In Niger, however, we did evacuate. Back home, teachers in South Australia are set to strike today over demands for better pay. The South Australian Education Union has decided to stay off work after 80% of its members voted in favour of a strike action for the first time since 2019. The action will impact over 160 preschools and public schools in the state. It follows the failure of a last-minute meeting between state government representatives and union officials to reach an agreement. And to sport in rugby league, the Melbourne Storm extended their winning streak to 14 games after defeating the Brisbane Broncos 32-22 at Suncorp Stadium. The win opens the door for Penrith to claim the NRL minor premiership. And now having a look at the weather around the country this Friday, Broome sunny 34, Perth showers developing 23, Adelaide cloudy 17, Melbourne a shower 2 15, Hobart partly cloudy 14, Albury Wodonga sunny 16, Canberra mostly sunny 15, Wollongong becoming windy and partly cloudy 18, Sydney partly cloudy 19, Newcastle becoming windy and partly cloudy 20 degrees, Brisbane mostly sunny 28, Townsville sunny 27, Keynes mostly sunny 29, Early Springs sunny 24, Darwin sunny as well at the top of 34, and the Torres Strait Islands partly cloudy day and the top of, of a top of 28 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News.